June 16th, 2022. This is the Human Health Podcast, episode 63. We're live from Uganda. And this is Osai Whitaker. And I got one question for you. Are you ready for this? Yeah, come on. Uh, uh. Hey. Here we are. Live from Uganda, it is Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman and Chibol Cabello, and this is Losaya. Losaya Whitaker, and I tell you guys, um, Losaya, you did a great job on that intro. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. We are live from Merchant Falls. Uh, what's the name of this lodge, buddy? Uh, it's like it starts with a P. Yeah, Para. Para. Yeah, Para Safari Para. Lodge. Um, and we're we're sitting here in. Are Lasai and I have been rooming the whole trip. This is day six of our trip. Uh, the girls are in one room. We're in another. We're in another. We have the better room, of course. We do. We do because we we get to I don't know do, do things. <laughs> Whatever that means. A little stinkier in here. Um, you know all the things, but we're having a good time. We are again. We're at day six, and I'm not going to give you guys a recap of the entire week, um, but it's been it's been amazing. I, probably the biggest thing I want to. Uh, let you guys know is that as of today, um, well, before I even tell you that, we, we, are, we are here because the Insta Familia raised enough money to build six churches. Uh, six, I got to get the right number down, but I think at least six churches. A lot uh, of churches. Yes. And we built those in January. When I say we built, we raised enough money. And these, these churches were, you know, um, meeting for years and years and years in like straw huts, clay enclosures and so they would have to rebuild their church buildings every single year so we raise the money we're building them they're building them literally as we sit here Mm -hmm. um complete and total um constructed churches and i i just love what the insta family does and so we came here to visit those churches and those pastors and again the churches are also used as women's empowerment programs um train job training a lot of things for the community clinics um but when we showed up uh, in Africa, we got here a couple days early. We were like, "Hey, why don't we go visit a compassion project?" Because you, yeah. you know, we, we love to we love compassion. Mm-hmm. And so, our whole family and I um, went to a compassion project. But the night before, I found out that there were seventeen kids that weren't um, sponsored in the whole city of Kampala, which actually is pretty impressive. And so I thought, why doesn't the Insta Familia sponsor all 17 kids? So I put a call out and I said, hey, what do you guys think? Would you would you love to partner with us and sponsor these 17 kids so I can go and say, hey, guess what? Every kid's been sponsored. So I did that at night. When I woke up in the morning before we even went on to the, yeah. to the place. Do you remember uh-huh. how many people got kids got sponsored? What, in that first day? The, the first morning, the first like morning? just overnight. Wasn't it like 200 yes, or something? it was like a little over 200. 200 kids had been uh, sponsored. And then, um, <laughs> but I, I guess as of right now today, it's 700 and what? 736. Yeah, I think so. 736 kids in like four days. <laughs> Which is insane. Like, that's like crazy. In, Sane. So that's almost 25%, maybe even more, of all the unsponsored kids um, in Uganda. And it was mind-blowing, guys. It was it was absolutely insane. And so you can go back to my highlight. You can see just kind of what happens at a Compassion Project. It was, um, it's just, they do so much for these kids. And so we, we can get more into that in a little bit. But um, since then, we have um, ended up here on a safari. This is day two of our safari. Yep. 
at Merton, Merton Falls. And Lucia, why don't you tell everybody what happened to us last night? Almost died. Um, <laughs> okay, that's it, awesome. It, it, it was kind of fun, though. Like, uh, so we tell, saw, tell us, we give us 60 lion, seconds or less. Saw a lion in a tree. Um, and then we, like, right over our heads we drove right under it and then as we were turning around to go see it again our car broke down and it is by now it is the sun has gone down and everything and there's like a whole bunch of cars and everything and slowly and surely we were there for a couple minutes and all the cars just left us besides this one car and then uh, there's lions everywhere and <laughs> like is it, it is getting dark one of the lions they were both in there's two and lions in trees down. one of them gets down we don't know where that one is yep. and the other one's waking up yep. and then we stop Jimmy um, yep, on a motorcycle on a motorcycle who has a gun who has a gun and yeah and then the lion got down from the tree and walked straight towards us yeah that's when we almost died yeah and then it walked into the tall grass behind us and a, a truck came and rescued us a truck came and rescued that, us that's literally what happened um and and then we got up this morning and went on a safari and can you tell us tell them how we almost died today yeah we almost died <laughs> from an elephant today so what maybe happened? uh we drove past it and it just started charging at us yeah. for no reason and we were going pretty slow and he just was grumpy yeah and he started charging at us running and i think all of us were way more scared about that than we were the lion yeah and then um yeah, so I'm I'm curious to see how we're gonna die on our, on tonight. <laughs> yes, we're not speaking that into existence because if you if you're listening to the to this podcast, that means we're alive <laughs> because that means I've uploaded it, uh, which will happen tonight. But uh, it's been amazing. It's been a uh, just a treat to be able to come um, and spend time with you these these Ugandans. Ugandan people are some of the most I don't even know if I can say some of the most maybe the most peaceful human beings on planet earth when you when you agree yeah definitely they 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 even like they're peaceful even when they're, they're trying to like talk firmly they're so quiet so like we're on the drive and like our driver's like so the gestation period of uh antelope uh is 32 and i'm like is he talking to us like we're in the back of the truck and i'm like oh can you speak a little louder and he's like yes <laughs> and I'm like, everyone's so peaceful and quiet. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And then sure enough, there was like, um, um, we were sitting here at the lodge last night and there's an influx of Americans that showed up at the lodge and they were just so loud. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. Why do Americans have to be so loud? Yeah, I was uh, like, I wish I was an American. I know, I know, I know. But then we're glad we're American too, okay? We well, don't want to make yeah, people mad, yeah, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> But um, anyway, it's been, it's been awesome. We love the Ugandan people. Uh, it's been incredible. And speaking of Ugandan people, Oh my gosh. So when we landed, many of you saw my Insta story that we were picked up by this beautiful Ugandan local named Lillian. We can call her Lily or Lillian. And she basically took care of us for four days. She breakfast, lunch, and dinner, morning to sun up to sundown. What do you guys need? What do you need? How can I help? How can I serve? And she is part of the compassion staff here, but she's a local. She's, she's grown up in Uganda. And, you know, as she's, you know, taking us around, like, I don't even know this about her. Like two days in, I mean, we go, we go to the project, all the things. Um, and then I ask her, so how did you get involved, you know, with this job? And she, and she tells me, oh, I was a, I was a compassion sponsored child. And I was like, excuse me, 
She, oh, hold on. There's a buzz happening here. There we go. She said, I was a compassionate sponsored child. Listen, we're live from Uganda. There may be a lot of buzzes that happen while we're on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, I was like, wait, what? She said, yeah, I've been ever since I think she was six, six or seven years old. And I said, so can you just tell me about your life? You didn't have to talk, tell me about compassion. Tell me about your life. And she's like, oh, my life would not be here without compassion. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I said, wait a second. Before you tell me now, can I pull out my mics and have you tell your story on the New Human Hope podcast? And she was mortified. Like, I don't know if she's ever done this in public before. Um, so it took a little bit of convincing. But then when she saw how many kids were getting sponsored, she goes, I'll do it for the kids. <laughs> I said, okay. So listen, this is one of the most special conversations I've ever had on the, if not the most. Um, it is, it is uh, holy. It is beautiful. It is fragile. It is hard. It is difficult. It is glorious. It is redemptive. It is all of these things. Lillian has lived more in her life than many of us ever will in our entire lives. She has been through more trauma. She has been rescued more. She has rescued others. This story goes from being orphaned to abused to homeless, to sponsored, to suicidal, to restored, and now she serves children and is married and has a baby. I'm telling you, her story, if anyone out there is thinking, I don't know if I can do this another day, I don't know if I can do this another day, please send this podcast to whoever that is. Let them listen to it because I promise you, when you hear Lillian's story of redemption, you are going to be blown away. So please, um, I, I ask you as a Human Hope listeners to hold this conversation close to your heart. Um, really lean in and see if you can't um, take something out of her story that is going to propel you towards the goal that you have in your life of freeing other people. It's, it's really true. She found freedom and so now she frees other people. This is going to be special. Thank you, Human Hope listeners, for treasuring this conversation and I hope you enjoy it. So here is our conversation with Lillian. So I am sitting, where, where am I, Lily? You're in Munyonyo. Oh, wait, hold on. Say that again, but a little louder. Munyonyo. Okay, where's Munyonyo? Munyonyo is in Uganda, a suburb of Kampala. It's a suburb of Kampala. Yes. And I am sitting here with a local... Citizen of Uganda. A local citizen of Uganda. Uh, Lily, I want you to introduce yourself to my podcast listeners. Just let them know your name, what you do, and why you're so amazing. I didn't know I was amazing. Yes, you are amazing. <laughs> my name is Lilian Nakaviri Mujisha. Yes. Oh, my Mujisha means I am blessed. Yes, you are blessed. And uh, I work for Compassion International in Uganda. You do. I love compassion. Amazing. I am an advocate for children. Yes. I call myself. Nothing, no tear of children gets unnoticed in my wow. presence. No tear of children goes unnoticed in your presence. Yes. Un unpack that. What does that mean to you? It means I have all it takes to make a child smile. Wow. 
And what, 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 what does it take? If someone's listening to this podcast right now and they're like, I don't know if I can make a child smile. What, what do they need? Oh, just simple. It takes your time, your presence, just a second. Yes. Um, I, I remember the book that was written by the former president of Compassion, West Stafford. Oh, yes. I think it was, oh, what's the book? Too Small to Ignore. Okay. So I realized that I can take any minute, any second. Yes. To just speak into their lives, make them know that they're beautiful, they are known, they are loved. Yes. And just give them a hug that uh, makes makes them feel they're protected. I love it. I love it. Well, we have been, um, we've been with you for a few days now. You picked us up at the airport. It was really late. And um, we, <laughs> we've been traveling for 30 hours and we got off the airplane and I saw... Lillian standing there with a compassion sign up in the air, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm home, I'm home." What, 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 tell tell us uh, what you thought of the Whitakers the first time we came w- walking up. Wow, I was looking forward. First of all, when you put up your hand and you're like, "Oh, we're the ones," I was like, "Yes, yes. these are the people I was waiting for." Yes. And you know the Whitaker name was reminding me of chocolate. I need to tell you. <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> so you were, you, we reminded you of chocolate. <laughs> well, I didn't tell you. <laughs> what, can you, can you tell us why? Is there a Whitaker chocolate? Mm, I think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you were already imagining a sweet family. I, I definitely, I wasn't even imagining. I knew this is a sweet family. Yes. And when I saw you guys, I was like, I think these people are lovely. Oh, so sweet. Because you looked like you're home already. Like in the middle of the night, you're from 30 hours of traveling and you still have the energy of you've just woken up. Yes. Like the day is just starting. Well, it was, it was like, we were so grateful when we saw your beautiful smile and we got in the, we got in the van and then I secretly, and now that now you know me, you didn't know me then, but I was secretly recording you as you were praying for us. You, you prayed for our journey and you prayed for our home and you were grateful. And so I recorded that and I put it up on my Instagram and I said, look at this beautiful lady that picked us up and prayed for us. And everybody on Instagram was like, she's so lovely. Who is she? And so everyone fell in love with you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she's been taking care of us for the last few days. Uh, I wanted to have you on the podcast because I just, as I travel around, I meet people all the time and I think everybody um, has, has a story to tell. Everybody has a story to tell. And so actually I would love for you, I want to say, Lily, tell us your story. If I were to say, tell us your story without giving you any guidelines, without telling you it starts at five years old or it starts at 20 years old. Or if I were just like, tell me your story, what would you say? The floor is yours. I have a story for each day. Oh, wow. My story is longer than what I can see. Of course. I have all day. We don't have anything to do, so. Come on, you can't even listen to my story even if you had a, a full oh, year. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Great. <laughs> but um, I, I should say I have a story for each day. And um, my story for each day is to be grateful to God for the sun I see every day. Why am I saying that? Wow. Is um, when I was born, we were in a polygamous family. Oh, really? I come from a polygamous family. It's very... 
I think it's pretty common for Africans to have polygamous okay. families. It's not very nice. Yes. My mother died when I was three months old. That's why I say that uh, every day wow. is a new story for me. Yes. And my father died when I was five months old. So your mother died at three months and your father died at five months. Yes. Wow. So that's how the story starts. But I'm here. Yeah. Very happy. Living each day happily. Yes. And giving hope to many people. Simply because of the many people mm. that God used to have my life what it is. Wow. Tell us about the many people that God used to have your life, how it is. So the many people, uh, when my mom died, she left me with her father, my grandfather. Okay. In Uganda, it's not common for a child to grow up at the maternal, maternal side. So the grand, my grandfather had oh. to hand me over to my father's home okay. or my father's side yeah. so that I grew up knowing my lineage. Oh, wow. So they want you in Uganda to grow up with your lineage yes. with that side. So uh, another thing, he was afraid that I was going to die because mm. I was too little okay. and he didn't know how to take care of a baby. Right. So he didn't want me to die in his hands, mm. but rather would die in the hands of a woman who was my father's wife, right. my stepmother. Yes. So my stepmother brought me up okay. in a big family of my half brothers and sisters. Okay. But unfortunately, I didn't see my father also. Okay. He was kidnapped and killed. My father was serving in the army. Wow. And by then, Uganda was going through turmoil. Wow. So I never got to know how he looked like. Neither did I get to know my mother. Any photos? Yes, yes. I've, I've seen photos. Okay. That's all. And uh, growing up in that family, there was violence, competition for everything, uh, abuse, because we didn't belong to, to their mothers. Right. So there was so much abuse at home. You, you are the one to take care of everything. But before that, I am so grateful to God that I survived because if I did not survive, I wouldn't be on this podcast. Right, you would not be at this podcast, right. And you remember, those were very hard days. They were very hard days. Uh, I must say, my stepmother did a good job bringing me up uh -huh. from a baby to a young girl. And uh, there was a lot of hopelessness at home. There was. We we were a big family, but we didn't have a big fund. We didn't have food. We didn't have uh, a hope to get to a doctor when you're sick. Mm. So we knew that uh, when you're sick, you get some herbs. And if you die, they bury you. If you survive, glory be to God. So every year we used to bury uh, because of my many half-siblings. They would die of uh, malaria. They would die of really? so many diseases. So, so siblings would just die every year. Yeah. Wow. It was so painful as a kid growing up in a family of tears. Mm. So my turning point was when I was eight years old. Uh, my half-brother then was studying to become a, a pastor. Okay. I should say he was doing a Bible study training yes. and he got to know that compassion was registering children and there was this child at home who he knew 
that needed support. So he took me there. Yeah. And they told me to smile. I didn't even know how to smile. <laughs> really? You remember? I remember. I didn't yeah. know what it means to smile. Wow. They gave me a candy, like a chocolate. Uh-huh. That's why I say that your name. Yeah, they gave name. you a Whitaker. <laughs> yeah, Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> so when they gave it to me, I opened my teeth and oh, this is sweet. And that's how they were able to take out uh, maybe a good photo. I don't oh. know if it was good. But one thing I remember, I did not have a good dress. Okay. So I remember the person who was taking photos told my brother, let her go and borrow a dress from another child who uh-huh. is her height mate. I am oh, okay. a little bit tall. Yes. So I wouldn't get maybe many kids who are of the same size. Uh-huh. So I got a, a dress. My dress had holes and okay. I didn't, I feared to stand. I kept on holding. I didn't want anyone to see my body. Right. So I got a dress from a girl and we paused. I paused for a photo. Uh-huh. And that is a photo that makes me who I am today. What, okay. That for the for people that don't know what that means. So that photo was taken by people who are working for Compassion International. Okay. And they were registering children for their support to support them, the children who are living in like who are the neediest of the needy. Yes. We are being registered to be supported and there I was, I was among them. So that photo was taken to Australia. Oh, and there was this generous person who picked up. I don't know whether I looked very nice, <laughs> but God used them to pick me up. Yes, as their daughter, to invest in my life so that I can be a good citizen of my country. Wow. Yes. So I started going to the Compassion Project every uh-huh. weekend, and I looked forward to that weekend because there would be breakfast porridge with milk yes. with sugar and something to eat a good lunch yes. that we ca- we could never have at home yes back home i did not explain our poverty was stinking really uh we had pigs that we used to rear for income okay so did you live in the country i used to live not a country right now it's growing up okay yeah but at that time it was semi-rural okay so i i lived in a place i was born in a place called chitetika a uh, suburb of kampala okay chitetika. chitetika on gayaza road by that time it was rural and when i was growing up i remember we did not have food at home oh wow these pigs that i've talked about were supposed to survive and we would go to the neighborhood to look for pills to look for leftovers so that we can bring to the pigs oh, but really? these are kids that you go to the neighborhood to look for these things and at the same time you're also hungry yes so there are many chances when you find a good sweet potato in in the rubbish right that you would just peel it off peel off and eat really because you're starving yes and uh those things of course would make us sick but thankfully yeah <laughs> survive so you you would you would actually eat food from the garbage but very much very much so when we were sick as i told you that many every, i mean in many years we would bury someone i yeah. guess every year would bury us uh, maybe half a sibling or a cousin or what yeah we because we didn't, we couldn't access medical care yes There are some sicknesses that could not be treated by herbs. Oh, yes. Okay. So, 
at that time if someone is getting malaria and it and they are not having a mosquito net and all that yeah. they can't treat it maybe it becomes so horrible and the, and they, the person is gone yes or well, sometimes it can be waterborne diseases right because we used to fetch water from three to four miles oh wow we didn't have running water in our home not even in our neighborhood huh. so we would walk with our 20 liter cans pushed on our heads to carry water home yeah and by the time you reach home you're hungry you want something but it's not there yeah it was rare to have uh, tea with sugar because uh-huh. sugar was expensive yeah but the days you could have a good meal you draw is thank god so when i started going to the compassion project that's why i looked forward to going because they pampered us they they made us to to eat like queens and princesses oh, yeah. and kings i mean i saw what we fed them yesterday i mean it, it was a nutritious meal with like vegetables and protein and oh, i i loved it i ate it all it so. is and it's an ex- expensive meal yeah. don't expect many families to afford that and yet a child will be admiring to eat something like that yeah So having it at the center that is like Christmas. Yeah. Like every Saturday was like Christmas. <laughs> you looked forward to going to celebrate. And on top of that, of course, would get letters from sponsors. Right. I would get to to interact with these lovely social workers. Uh-huh. I remember when they would tell me Lilian you're so special you're so beautiful that was unique because no one in my family ever told me that wow. I actually had very low self esteem because I didn't even know what it means to be beautiful sure. I didn't know what it means to to be loved yeah you coming to the center and someone is opening their arms to hug you yes. and you don't even know what a hug means yes. maybe no one at home at, at home has ever thought of hugging you wow They probably don't even have that. They, the only thing they would think is what are we going to eat today? And not not about who are we going to hug today. Yeah. yeah. So growing up like that was uh special especially whenever we were at the Compassion Church at the Compassion Center. And I remember that day when they told me that I had got a sponsor. Of course I didn't know what it means to have a sponsor. Right. But they gave me that card that had many faces of children, and that card was from the person who had picked my photo okay. to support me. And I smiled. I remember I was so happy. <laughs> But I didn't know that uh, this is going to continue. I was like, I wish this can continue. Like, this life is so good. It was too good for me to think wow. that I was going to to be part of of it like for a long time. Oh because you thought oh maybe this is just going to go away like yes. this is just uh, for a couple weeks and then they're going to be like no more. Yeah, I you know like those dreams and uh the very first time I remember when we went to the center they gave us a center uniform. Yes. And that was a very nice <laughs> cloth for yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. They gave us shoes. Oh wow. I think it was my very first pair of shoes. I can't even lie about that. And they gave me a pair of socks and then they took me to school. Uh I had been to school because the family would gather up some money, take us to school. But then us meaning my half siblings, then my direct siblings who we were four from my mother. Mm. And these direct siblings, they were all shared among different relatives because one home could not handle all. Mm-hmm. So I didn't grow up knowing them or interacting with them until when I had grown. Oh. 
So even me myself, whoever would have something, they would invite you to their home. If they run out, they you go to another home. So I grew up as a a wanderer, like you know, like whoever invites you, if they get tired, they go to another person. You don't have like a belonging. You don't feel like, okay, this is this is where I belong permanently. So when I when I was uh, a teenager. The sponsorship was more meaningful. Oh, really? Because I was understanding the relationship very well. Um, the people who picked me up were from Australia. A lady called Rosemary Mahomedy. Rosemary Mahomedy. I see her as my hero. Oh. She used to work in, oh, not work. She used to fellowship in a church, and she she was a, a Sunday school teacher. Okay. So it was called Ashmore Uniting Junior Church, the the ones that first sponsored me. And because she was the leader, she was the one writing. But the card they would send, all the kids of that church would sign up. So I got to to know their names. Maybe I didn't even know how to pronounce each name. But I got to relate with them and I felt like they were my sisters, they were my brothers. And these were all the kids at the church from where she was from in Australia? Yes. Wow. And when she left teaching these kids, or maybe she changed the church, she wrote to me and she told me, oh, I left the church and now I'm going to start sponsoring you myself. Yeah. And then she introduced me to, because her family, the children also were part of the, the Uniting Junior Church. Yes. So they would also write and then she would tell me, um, these are my children, they are little and this. So I related more. I, I felt like they were my siblings. And uh, when when I was going up, then the relationship was more because we would write. I would write very many letters and yeah. long letters because yeah. I had so many stories to tell her. And oh. she also would respond with a long letter. Yes, life was so nice because I look forward to hearing from her. But my special moments are those days when she would tell me, "I'm praying with you. Oh, wow. uh, you're so special to us. You're an inspiration." And I was like, "I wish you know where I come from." <laughs> I wish you know the kind of life I'm leading. I can't be an inspiration to anyone. But uh, you know, those words kept building my faith. And she told me to delight myself in the Lord and that God will give me the desires of my heart. And the scriptures she wrote to me when I was still growing are the founding scriptures that are, are still strong in my life up to now. Really? Like, delight in yourself. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. The Lord has given me the desires of my heart because he has given me his joy. Okay, so listen, friends, you're not going to want to miss the next part of this conversation because it is equally gripping and gut-wrenching, but also equally redemptive. Um, Lily just goes, she goes in, all in. So if you need some hope, um, I'm telling you right now, you're about to get it right after our two partners that are partnering us this week on Human Hope, and here they are. Listen, nobody has a business like yours. So with all the strengths and challenges to succeed, you need a hiring partner. I need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs and my needs. We need Indeed. Listen, Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of me spending hours, instead of you spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for the right people with the right skills, Indeed does it all in one place. What I love about Indeed is that there's so many great 
talented individuals on there that three out of four U.S. online job seekers are using Indeed.com every month. Did you hear me? That is three out of four U.S. online job seekers are using Indeed. So even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash human hope. Offer is only good for limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash human hope. That's Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I am so excited to be partnering with this brand new partner here at Human Hope, ExpressVPN. I have been using ExpressVPN for years. Did you hear me? I said years. That's right. Ever since I started traveling more and using my phone, attaching to other Wi-Fi systems and other hotspots, I use ExpressVPN because I don't want people knowing my stuff. I don't want people knowing who I am, getting a hold of my data. ExpressVPN takes all that away from them and allows you to make sure that you're browsing in private. Okay, so I'm actually in Uganda right now using ExpressVPN to upload this actual podcast. I'm using it here. I use it all over the world. I started using ExpressVPN when I wanted to make sure that my my travels, um, I wasn't being tracked. And then also when I'm in other countries, sometimes I can't access things like YouTube TV or Netflix with ExpressVPN. It looks like my internet is being routed from, it looks like I'm in Dallas. So it allows me to, to watch all the shows that I want to watch. That is another reason why I love ExpressVPN. So find out how you can get three months. That's right. Three Three months of ExpressVPN for free by visiting expressvpn.com slash human hope or clicking on the link in the description in the show notes. Make sure you guys head to expressvpn.com slash human hope and find out how you can get three months of ExpressVPN free. When I was 16 years old, when I was, I was already growing up and the demands of school, the demands of home were so much. As I told you, I was moving from one family to another. Right. This time I was staying with my elder step siblings. They were from a like a different way of life. Yes. They were richer than okay. we used to be. And uh, I was kind of a country girl. Uh-huh. So I come to this like home. Nashville. Uh-huh. Country. <laughs> like Nashville. <laughs> Yeah, as a country girl, and they come to this home, and the culture was different. Everything was different. I I didn't know anything, and I lived with them, but they didn't treat me as their sibling because maybe I was not adding up to their standard. So I had an uncle, uh, a paternal uncle, who was taking care of our family. Okay. When we're and how old were you at this point? 16. 16, okay. So this paternal uncle used to take care of our, like, to oversee, check on us at our stepmother's yeah. home or who, know where, wherever someone was. Right. When I was 16, this man passed away. Okay. So when he passed away, I remember that's the time I hated God. Oh, wow. And I was like, even this person I thought I would cling to uh-huh. has gone. Wow. I lost hope because he ensured that we 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 remain in school and also we get to know our relatives. Yes. I I had so much bitterness. Wow. 
I went to the project but I didn't feel myself because at that time they were also transferring me to another project. Okay. I was going through a lot of changes yes. as a teenage girl, a lot of body changes, yes. a lot of emotional changes that I couldn't cope. And the worst comes to the worst when school needed me more when the center needed me and at home they didn't want me to go to the center they didn't want me to go to school they wanted me to stay as a house helper oh at your home where you were living yes okay. and do all the donkey work and all that and that was okay i would balance i would do the work yeah. and then go to school i actually pleaded with them i can do the work but then go to school okay because education was my hope yes without education it's very hard uh, for someone to to have a, a good living here. Yes. At least you have a, any any education can help you to be someone right. in this country. That's so why education is so important here. It is very important yeah. because it makes you to be what you can be, yeah. to be valued. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. Hey, listen, we've got a beautiful baby boy that is running up here. Lily's little baby. He's yeah. actually my best friend. I tried to do bubbles and the boats. With oh, you're him, good. We're fine. He can talk. Do we just keep telling your story? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, um, when I was 16, I don't want to talk about that so much. But, okay. uh, but yeah. um, my my key point of bringing this. Yes is my story builds more around that. I remember when he died, uh, my stepsisters became so different and uh -huh. wild. They told me we only took care of you because of him. Wow. Now we don't know you. You need to look for your father. Maybe you also need to look for your mother. We don't even know whether your, your mother did right that, uh, to, to say that you belong to our father. Yeah, yeah. So they they talked so many hard things in my ears. Yeah. And I felt emotionally tortured. But because I wanted a home emotionally tortured. I didn't want to go back to my stepmother yeah. because I was already transferred to another project. I still wanted to be in compassion. Yeah. I still wanted to go to school. So I pleaded with them to hold to have me at home. Yeah. And they couldn't. So one day I went back home. And my stepsister had thrown my belongings outside. So when I found all my belongings outside, I cried no bitterly. I have not cried in my life like I cried when I was 16 years old. I pleaded with her to help me stay home because I knew I could not have another home. My yeah. my my father's home was very far. Yeah. And I knew that if I go back to my father's home, there was no one who would help me go to school. Wow. I would probably have, like, I would be a failure yeah. because I would lose education and yeah. I would be very far from the compassion project that had received me. Yes. So, when she refused to have me inside, I picked up my things. I remember even my sponsor letters were in among the things that were scattered. Yeah. I picked up my books and my few belongings and walked away from that home. Wow. And you were 16? I was 16. And now it was, it was clear that I had no home. I cried and wandered and slept outside during the night of course wow. I would wait for until it is dark and find that any place 
to put my things and then my things became my pillows uh-huh. and maybe it was under a tree maybe it was under a thicket each night I would stay anywhere, somewhere else wow. in a bush close six, to months six months at 16 years old yes wandering wow it was close to six months and uh, along the way there was a woman who phoned me that woman used to be a nanny to my step sisters that threw me how did she phone you where, where did she call you for like where? she phoned me at the well when i was trying to drink water oh and i was looking very dirty wow and she asked me she told she thought i had run mad so she asked me lillian where are you where have you been like you know she was a, she was very shocked yes to see me and also to see me looking funny yes and not going to school because she knew i was going to school so incidentally i think god just yes. led her to that and when i saw her i cried and she knew i was not well she knew my family she knew what i was going through all along and then she told me i've been looking for you i thought you went back to your father's home and she told me come come let us go home yes she was poor hmm. <laughs> yeah she had a one-roomed house yeah that was made of mud and water mm. and uh, she had big children and grandchildren but she was generally not a well-to-do person but yeah. she had a big heart yes <laughs> so i learned that you don't have to be rich to have a big heart wow she held my hand and took me to her home so she told me i want you to go to school and at night you come and sleep here hmm. Hmm. so that you don't lose out on education she was not educated she didn't even know english wow but she belonged to a church where my project was okay and <laughs> the little she had she shared with me wow when i went to her home I didn't have a mattress, I didn't have a beddings, I didn't have anything. But she pulled out a, a not even a mattress, a big kind of curtain. Yes. And she told me this will act as your mattress for now. Huh. At night I would lay it down in in a what would be the living space? Yes. I can't describe how small that house was, but there was a curtain that was separating her bed from the little yes. sitting area so i would sleep in the little it, sitting was area it, was it um we went to hugo's uh-huh. place and, and people that are listening to this saw the video on instagram so maybe exactly does, did it feel about that size a little smaller exactly okay i think it was exactly the circumference of okay. hugo's house okay then we would put a, a curtain to divide her bedroom yes and then the rest was the living room so i would put this little this uh, piece of cloth that she gave me down and then i use half of it to cover myself wow so for a long time it was not comfortable but it was okay uh, yeah compared to sleeping under a tree the peace i had in my heart mm. was bigger than the comfort <laughs> Yes, it was warm because uh, I had spent so long spent, uh, sleeping outside, sleeping yeah. anywhere. Yeah. So I didn't care. Like, I didn't care where I slept as long as I had a shelter. Yeah. I felt protected. Like, she would never 
eat without keeping me food. Wow. Even if I was at school, I would find Lillian, this is your food. She would she 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 took me on as her daughter. Yes. And uh eventually she encouraged me a lot, but still I ran away from her home. Huh. Wow. I ran away from her home because I thought I had nothing yeah. to keep me in school. I would go to school when I like I didn't have books, I didn't have yeah. what. I would still fear to explain myself yeah. to the compassion project. I went back to sleep in the bush. Wow. I had become like so I I had hated mm. life. Yes. So I told her I will come and eat but maybe you leave me like mm. i just wanted to die yeah and i remember i told her i just want to die yeah but in my heart i i said i wanted to die when i'm happy maybe mm. i take poison wow so that i have something that would make me smile mm. and i remember one time i was in the bush and so hopeless thinking about what my life would be thinking about the worthlessness that i had become thinking about death and mm. how i i can die and thinking about how i someone can die happy mm. was like if i would die happy someone would come and find a, a smiling dead body mm. somewhere in the bush so i wanted to find out what is that that can make me smile because when i went to her home i thought i went i was not feeling like i can live with people yeah So now I am back to myself and I feel like I want to die. So these little things that I was moving with that I called my belongings. Yes. Some of them were my sponsors later. Still you still through all this time still I, carried the, the letters. Most precious things even up to now I still have them. Wow. So I read one by one. She had written so many and there was so much to communicate when i was reading i felt like i was talking to her and at that time i had got a bottle of poison really i wanted to die that day and my reason for reading was to die when i'm happy yes not to continue living yeah so i was ready to drink so yeah. that i can yeah take my life yeah so <laughs> uh, it's okay Yeah, thank you. So when I read <laughs> mm. I don't think to go I know. But when I read how it has given me hope. Yeah. Miles away from me she was but she was writing life right in my in my hopelessness. Her letters made me to feel mm. I am a child of God. They made me to feel I have a purpose for my life and God has a purpose <laughs> as to why he created me. They gave me this resurrected confidence wow. to face life again. And that time I knew that if I took that poison my rosemary Mm-hmm. my sponsor all the way from Australia she was going to cry yeah. if compassion told her your child disappeared and died. Yeah. And at that time I think they had taken so long she had I think asked compassion I'm no longer here for my child what's happening and all that. Yeah. 
and I think they were looking for me they couldn't get me and this woman went to Compassion Project and told me that girl is alive she came to my house you need to look for her wow. I think she wants to die so that helped like she yes. was an advocate wow. she, she, she joined the team of people to look for me wow but one, that one day I decided to walk to the Project? project wow after and you read the letters yes with everything uh one day the project director called me and spoke into my life and she told me you will make it wow you will make it that sentence alone was enough i got confidence that i will make it wow and my sponsor <sighs> i i wrote to my sponsor you did during this time during this time that i told her that i no longer live at the home that i used to live and compassion wouldn't want to really burden a sponsor sure. so much so i didn't write all the details but she knew there was something that was not right yeah and she asked compassion more details and compassion was able to explain what exactly happened yeah the letters she wrote after that Oh. were letters of hope and love. Wow. Now, when I was 17 years old, that is the time I walked to the altar to give my life to Jesus Christ. Wow. All this drama of life made me to hate God. Hmm. I hated God because I knew God was taking away from me. Yeah. Much as people are saying God is a giver, God gives us everything. For me, yeah. looking at the life I lived, the family I grew up in, the people I had lost, I knew that God was taking away from me much more than he was giving me. Yeah. And I hated him. Wow. I hated him for not saving my siblings when I was growing up. I hated him for not saving my parents. Yeah. I hated him for making him for making me see pain through yes. life. I hated him that I could not like much as I would go to the compassion project to learn about God I knew that yeah God is there and we can go to church and we can but look at my life fail, but yeah maybe he doesn't love me mm. but that day I, I compassion had organized a conference for us as youths and uh, the preacher was talking about broken our lives as broken pieces of glass that whenever whenever it falls down and someone steps on it it can easily pierce you mm. you know it can cut you when you hold it and i knew that that was my life wow i was a broken piece or broken pieces that would cut anyone and injure them and i wanted god to bring these broken pieces together so that he can use me as a vessel he can create a nice vase he can create in me a new glass or something that he mm. can use and i walked up the front to declare that yes i am taking christ as my savior and that time was transformational for me they took me through yes intensive bible study and life resurrected no way to the fact that i started <laughs> becoming a peer counselor wow and i would encourage my peers like i don't know there is a secret in knowing god yeah life like illuminated there was a, a big light on me wow the beauty in me started flourishing wow we're, we're we're getting to the place that i feel like people are really to be honest with you lily hearing your story mm. um this part i think is something that 
that compassion or no compassion, the the sponsorships or no sponsorships, there's people that are going to be listening to this podcast that have rage and anger and bitterness and all of these feelings inside of them. They love the Lord, but they still cannot forgive these people. And that's the point that I want you to really sit on and take us to that point again, where and how you were able to forgive. Forgiveness is uh, a rock. Yeah. You just carry your heart mm. and you feel comfortable carrying something so heavy. Yeah. But you don't feel life is comfortable. Yeah. It's very difficult to forgive. Yeah. Like I said, I it took me years. Wow. I had bitterness as a child, as a bitterness, I had bitterness as a teenager. I had bitterness as a university graduate. Even as I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, I still carried bitterness. Yes. That means it was a rock seated in my heart for mm. a long time that I needed to come to a deeper knowledge of Christ, mm. of God, to yes. understand who I am in God. Yes. That I may be able to know who his people are and how I can relate with them. Wow. And that means I needed to release my heart. And wow. I realized that it was torturing me. Wow. More than probably it was torturing the people who tortured me when I was growing up. Yes. I, I was nursing my own pain. Yes. And maybe self-inflicted pain. Yes. Because I'm thinking about this and I'm making uh, all the pictures, going back to the past. How can this one throw my things? How can they beat me? I was mm. beaten over nothing. Most of the times I was accused of wrong things. So all that i would go back and cry and 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 fill up my stories with uh, like a, like you know it feels like riding a car in reverse you never yes. reach where you're going yes uh, and i realized that all the pain i had was because of the past wow so it helped me to realize that uh, my past clothes no longer fit me mm. If they no longer fit me, that means I have to put them away or give them to someone else. Yes. So you can't give a bitter heart to someone else. So you can give love. It's love that you can easily give. You cannot give hatred. Wow. It, like, hatred doesn't bring life. It is love that brings life. So love is uh, an aspect of forgiveness. Wow. If, when you forgive someone it's not automatic that you're going to love them the same way you would have loved them if they didn't hurt you. That's true. But the truth is, Christ will transform your heart. Mm. Like there is a way God will help you to love them anyway. Yeah. Or there is a way you will love yourself. Mm. I think forgiveness is loving myself. Yes. If I want to love myself, I won't give myself what doesn't fit me. Mm. I won't give myself an old wear. I will buy myself a new dress. I'll buy myself a new shoe. So forgiveness is like putting on this old stinky shoe yeah. and still move and pose with it. Huh. It's like if I am having car uh, I'm having to carry bitterness, yes. anger, rage, everything of the past that hurt me. I am putting on this shoe that I picked from Maybe a pig's tie, <laughs> and 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 I am still wearing it as my shoe because it was my shoe. It was, yeah. it was, it was bought by me or someone gave it to me, and I'm I'm supposed to put it on even when it is stinky. So why carry a stinky heart? Yeah, and yet I can have a fresh heart. Wow! If 
I want a fresh heart. That means I have to download my rage. I have to download my anger. I have to download my past and let it where I have sat and sit in a clean place. Oh. So for me, I and that's how I understand forgiveness. At that time, I needed to release myself of the past. Yes. To release myself of the so much suffering, the the tears. Mm. It is because I overthought about it. Even now, when I was talking about it, the tears would come. Oh, yes, yes. Because the pain of the past is very hard to erase. And it's real. It's real. I I cannot even accuse someone for not forgiving because I know how difficult it is. Yeah. But I also know that it is possible. Wow. It is difficult and not all difficult things are impossible to handle. Mm. There is nothing too hard for you who has two eyes who can breathe who can <laughs> who especially you have a breath and yeah. you have a breath of God if you believe in God you have a breath of God because he breathes through us life. Yes. If I have a breath of God that means I can breathe fresh life, yes. fresh air all the time that helps me to live every day as special as I would love others to live. So if I want to feel special, yeah. Then I clean my heart of all the stains. Yes, yes. And nothing I actually when I was, uh, I was talking to my girl over something this afternoon as yeah. release your heart and don't put a lot of dirty things in your heart mm. because you will grow old quickly. Like Yeah. So when you don't forgive, you can grow old without knowing that you're actually growing old. Wow. Like the wrinkles of your heart yes. cannot help your heart to pump well. Wow. <laughs> so I So you forgive. Forgive. You forgave them. And And you said it felt like I felt like I had put off that heavy robe. Yeah. And actually felt lighter. Wow. Like I was carrying so much. Yeah. I thought I was carrying a lot. Especially there's one sister of mine that I wanted her to see her dead. Yeah. Like maybe I would feel happy if I had thrown a spear on her. Oh, wow. That's how intense it was. Wow. But when I forgive right now, even every day, I like I felt maybe I was being I even started accusing myself, oh, maybe I was bad, or maybe mm. I was bad. I still had to forgive myself yeah. because sometimes when we forgive others, we also need to forgive ourselves. Yeah. I still had to forgive myself, like to come back to life. Yeah. But right now, I don't even want to go into a lot, yeah. but I've met that very stepsister of mine many times. Uh, I think it's a half-sister. Okay. Someone you share with a dad. Yeah. Is it a half-sister, not yes. a stepsister? That's a half-sister. So my half-sister fears me I know mm. because she did a lot to me but I want her to always know that I love her I wow. forgive her <laughs> like I have told her uh, every time I find her in a function I told her by the way I forgive you wow by the way I love you yeah like she thinks I'm playing drama Wow. Or against her. Like, I want to get her maybe revenge. She still thinks... She still thinks. I can revenge. And now she's carrying the big monkey. Mm. Like, for me, I, I put off the burden. She's carrying the burden. I don't, I don't want her to carry the burden. Yeah. I realize that it is useless holding her. Yeah. When I find her, I greet her very well. When she wants to greet me, she responds. When she doesn't want, she goes her way. And going her way is sometimes she's guilty mm. that she doesn't want to face me. But leaving that alone, my, I am the youngest. Yes. 
so the people I follow are bigger they are like my parents okay like those who are bigger that my half siblings are really big yeah. they are like my parents they're older but they are really older like they are way older yeah but we can sit on the table and I decide for them and when they have conflicts with each other I still am called as a mediator. Wow. When there is something that is not going right, they will still call me. Let's hear Lillian's opinion without they go without them going forward. Like without any before any decision is done. Yeah. I am called Lillian, what do you have to say about that? Like it's not that I'm like you know too important and all that, but Christ yes. put a new robe on me like God made me different. Wow. And that is because of the counseling I received, that so much love I received through compassion, the letters of my sponsors that gave, gave me the value that I should give back. Yeah. And yes, many people ask when we sponsor one child, what does it have to do with the rest of the family members? Right. Now for me, I'm one candle that is lighting the whole family as a big lamp. Mm. I am that lamp that my sponsor Rosemary lit. And she may never get to know actually most of the time she she thinks she did a small thing yes. only did a small thing but that which she did is what is helping my family right now yeah that is what is helping others to receive Christ and many of them have come to know the Lord as their savior wow i've supported them financially i've supported them spiritually i've supported them mentally and i feel like if compassion did not pick me up at such an early age to mm. invest in my life to put and to 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 create or to emphasize God's plan for my life yeah where would i have been how would my family be right they probably be killing each other mm. and even me i would be part of the many bitterness and all that uh, i would really maybe i would be dead wow but they made life meaningful for me so i must make life meaningful for others and others start with my blood wow. like with those that tortured me yeah i mean okay so if there's a book agent out there i'm going to sign lily to her first book because that is the, you 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 need to tell your story i'm so glad that you you gave that to us um there's a couple things i want to ask you very specifically mm. first of all thank you for being so vulnerable um it touched me and if it just touched me then that's all i needed but it's going to touch a lot of people so thank you Amen. um but also especially when it comes to you know people thinking about you know I'll, I'll i mean i'll just talk about me before i sponsored a kid like i mean what's it really gonna matter like you know like it's yeah i'm getting i'm paying my you know i'm sending my check and you know i know that there's a kid somewhere on the other side of the world that they say really knows who i am like do 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 kids that are sponsored in compassion literally really care about their sponsors Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. The kids that are sponsored in Compassion take their sponsors to be their, what can I say, heroes. Wow. Uh, their treasure. Mm. Their parents. Mm. By all means, I have a, another mom wow. across the world. They are so special because there is our sponsors have written new letters in our lives. They have yeah. written our lives. And those letters that th people think it's uh it takes maybe 
even if it was one sentence yeah. it, that is that sentence can change someone's life wow one sentence in my sponsor's letter changed my life from hoping from thinking about uh, death mm-hmm. to thinking about life so thinking about life has transformed me and has transformed so many people that when the kids look when the kids look at me and they know that I'm formally sponsored they have they are inspired yes they want to be like Lilian or they yeah. want to be better than Lilian they want to make it they know that they can make it if I yeah. made it that's so good so to a to a child that is sponsored yeah the sponsor is like their world their wow. new world oh it's so good to hear yeah they they look forward to hearing from you oh so write letters write 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 them make sure you write them oh i wish you can write oh yeah I wish they can write. I wish sponsors can write. Yeah. Of course they are so busy but you know it's nice to yeah. <laughs> even if it's one, it is one sentence. Yeah. Because those letters are the ones that are giving hope to the children. Yeah. Yes, support gives a lot of hope, but yeah. the letters build their lives. Wow. They help them to have self-esteem. Yeah. They help them know I have a friend from another country. Yeah. Yeah. I have a family. Oh, they say that I'm part of their family. Oh, my photo is on the fridge. Yeah. How special is that? Wow, that's so, so good. Thank you. No, that's good. Um, speak to, and you may you may have never even heard this, or you've never even thought about this, but this is something that in America, some people, um, there's some people that that argue that say no you know like you're just Americans trying to rescue and feel good about yourself and trying to rescue children around the world and and I hear you <laughs> talking and well I would love you to, to to speak to that to speak to some people that are like well people are telling me I shouldn't sponsor a kid because I'm just trying to make myself feel good and they're saying that that this is about me and it's not really about them talk to us about what really happens is that a good question do you understand what I'm asking uh, yes I really understand and someone is wondering why they should sponsor yeah why because because maybe there's people that are, that are saying you know what like compassion that you know or child sponsorship like it really doesn't really do anything like it's just it's just helping like you feel better about yourself you're not really helping oh uh, I must say it works mm, it works If my life is here and I'm in front of you and I'm on this podcast. Yes. I am not even told to do this. I was just captured. No. <laughs> I captured you. Okay, I would like to let it be known. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Yes, I captured you for my podcast. So okay, so yes, the fact that you're in front of me. Yes. I want the world to know that picking up that photo to sponsor a child is writing a new life in that life wow. in, the, in that child's life. Like um changing the world and if you can change one person's life that means you're changing the world around them yeah and don't hesitate yeah if you're to do something do it yes. and let and, and let god do the rest wow. you don't even have to ask any yes. question i picked up my child actually to sponsor yeah i when i graduated i wanted to give back and working for compassion was not enough hmm. i wanted to feel like i am sponsoring a child from yeah. another country huh. And I picked up a child. I didn't know that. I wasn't even earning a lot. Yeah. I picked up this child from Togo. Togo. I've never been there. Yeah. I don't even know this child, but I know my sponsor picked me from Uganda when she has she had never been here. Right, right. She stretched her heart, she stretched yes. her hand. And when I picked up this child uh from a Muslim family, yes. I wanted them to know God and to know Christ. Yes. 
and I wanted this child to know that love exists. Yeah. Wow. And whenever I write to Rayid, my sponsored child, yeah. I address the letters as dear his excellency, the future president of the Republic yes. of, you, of Togo. <laughs> because I want him to feel that self-esteem of yes. uh, an excellence. Yes. So I am writing a new world for him. Yes. So when you get to sponsor a child, you are creating a new world for this child that they are world changers. You are part of change. Yes. So if you're waiting to change the world, yeah. you are you may not change the world the way you want to change, but you may change the world through this child yes. because it's changing their lives. Amen. Amen. That is that is so good. And and when people come, so some people do come to visit, it do they is it okay to take their to take pictures and to show like do the kids love it when people come to visit? Do they love it when they get their pictures taken? They love it. They Even love when it. they don't know where you're going to put the picture, yeah. they want to smile. They want to see themselves beautiful with you. Oh, yeah. They want to touch that long hair of yours. Yes. Oh, not of mine. <laughs> not of yours. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. You know, just so, so everyone knows. Lily was not literally she is just here to love and to care for my family and to um, make us feel at home and it was today was it today that I asked you to be on my podcast or yesterday today I think today I think today we yeah, were, I, we're, to we're in the, on the way to church so I was like hey Lily so oh no I asked you Oh no, because I found out you were a sponsored child. I didn't even know you were a sponsored child that you'd been through compassion until the way to church today. So like, we've been together for three days now and I didn't even know. And then I was like, you know what? I have my podcast gear. I, I just want to hear from a local person about their story. I, and I can't think of a better person to share than you. You have given us such inspiration. And um, I just I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you. I am I'm honored. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for using that word inspiration because it reminds me of what my sponsor wrote. Oh, really? She told me I'm an inspiration to her family when I was not anybody. Wow. So that encouraged me to be an inspiration to many people. Wow, yeah. so good. Well, you're an inspiration to me. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much. That was holy. What did I say? Um, Truly moving. It was moving. Losai, um, what, um, you've spent a few days with Lily. What's one of your favorite things about who she is? Um, her kindness. Her kindness. Mm-hmm. She, and her, she was really funny too. She she made a lot of jokes. <laughs> she did. Literally from the moment she picked us up at the airport, she, we, I thought that there, there I thought she was being serious. I thought the hotel was 35 minutes away is what it said on the sheet. She said, are you ready for your five hour journey? And we all looked at each other like, yeah, we don't want to hurt her feelings. So we're like, yeah, sure. And um, sure enough, she was just kidding. But she did that the whole time. She was. <laughs> sometimes I knew she was joking, but sometimes I wasn't sure. I know. It was very funny. It was funny. Um, so thank you, Lillian. She is, you're now a family member. You're a Human Hope family <laughs> member. You guys, um, here's the deal. You heard, you heard her story. And this is what I want you to do. I, would, I just want you to go to compassion.com slash Whitaker. That's compassion.com slash Whitaker. And, and when you do that, okay, when you do that, you are going to be able to um, partner with not only Compassion, but with the Human Hope family, the Insta Familia. And we've, we have 736 kids that have been sponsored. I'd love to see a thousand. I'd love to see the Human Hope family come in and sponsor another little less than 300 um and and when that happens um 
we're, we're going to have a party like we've never had before. So it's compassion.com slash Whitaker. Please um, get on there. And all you've got to know now is that your support and your letters literally releases a child from poverty. That's what happens. And when you go to Whitaker, you're, it, we're trying to get all the kids in Uganda actually sponsored. And so they, it started off with 3,300 kids and now it's like 2,000, oh, I can't do the math, but whatever, 2,600 or something. Um, and all the kids at that link are from Uganda and all those kids are future Lillians. All those kids are future world leaders. So if you guys can go to compassion.com slash Whitaker, W-H-I-T-T-A-K-E-R, two T's, not one. You guys can join with the rest of us um, and release these children from property in Jesus' name. Um, Josiah? Yeah. Here comes Dr. Delight. And I got one question for the people. You say it. The question is, are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, come on. Hey, hey. All right, Human Hope family, thanks so much for another, hanging out with us on another episode of the Human Hope Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Cabello, and I'm with my sidekick, Losiah Whitaker. Losiah Whitaker, and we will see you next week on another episode of the Human Hope Podcast. We will be back in America next week at this point. Wait, will we? Yeah, I don't uh, think we yes, will. Yes, we will. I, I think we'll be back in America. We'll be back. And um, we're going to be having a good time. Um, next week's podcast is a special one as well. Please share the podcast, review the podcast, rate the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. All of that actually helps the show continue to grow. And please make sure you check out our sponsors as well. Those sponsors and partners also help with the show. Make it happen as well. I will see you next week on another episode Bye. of the Human Hope Podcast. See you later.